0: Are you here are you here are you here hey there you are you are here and we welcome you to hear about paul leslie hour our special guest on the episode today is jonathan isaac known to many of you as a very talented athlete he's a professional basketball player for the orlando magic of the nba Jonathan Isaac is also the author of the national bestseller, Why I Stand, published by DW Books, a publishing imprint of The Daily Wire. Why I Stand by Jonathan Isaac is not just a sports story, as you'll hear Paul remark to Jonathan in the interview. It's a human story. So in the summer of 2020, Jonathan Isaac made headlines and faced criticism for being the only player to stand during the national anthem. Isaac stood up in more ways than one. He was the first NBA player to stand during the anthem, during the restart. Amazing story. Jonathan supported his country. Hey, maybe you can support the Paul Leslie Hour. If you are so inclined, just jump on over to slash support and we will thank you. And now it's time to welcome our special guest author, athlete, public speaker, American hero, Jonathan
1: Isaac. Hello. Hello,
2: Jonathan Isaac. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. Yourself? I'm doing real well. Thank you. This is the Paul Paul Leslie with the dope beard and mustache. You're very kind.
1: <laughs> well, it's great to connect with you. I have to say I've been doing interviews for years and years, and you are the very first professional athlete I've ever interviewed. Oh, nice. Cool. And so That's exciting. It's a real honor. So I want to tell all the folks out there, a lot of them know you already, of course, but the man that I'm joined with is Jonathan Isaac. He's very well known as a professional basketball player. He's with the Orlando Magic, and he's also the author of a book, this book right here, Why I Stand, which is from DW Books, a division of the Daily Wire. I just finished reading this a few days ago and i enjoyed it very much and so pleased to have you with us so tell us what was the inspiration what made you think that these experiences that you've had
2: needs to be a book well first off thank you so much for having me paul so for me, it, it definitely I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know, especially the all of the uh, instances growing up in in high school and college that are detailed in the book. I didn't know that they would ever be a part of a book or how they could ever fit into a book. It wasn't until um, you know the situation in the bubble where I was the only player standing for the national anthem, and then having that conversation with, with with my pastor, who said you should write a book, where I started to work on the book and started to see that man. This this moment that I stood in the bubble, it wasn't just one moment. That everything that went into that moment didn't didn't end there. It, it started so long ago, and so much of the things that I experienced as a kid, my struggles with anxiety, fear, courage, all of those different things went into this they 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 made the moment more surreal and more uh you know honestly inspirational than 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 it just being one moment of standing alone
1: now again as you mentioned there's a lot of different experiences that went into this book but the title why i stand you you laid it out just perfectly right there it's a focal point of the story what made you make the decision that you did in order to you would be the one person standing up both figuratively and literally for what you believe?
2: Yeah, um, there's there's so many details we could go over and go into, but obviously we don't have the time for that. And so what I've been telling everybody on every interview is you've got to go get the book to get the 411. Right. You've been able to digest all of those details. But, you know, the, the story picks up for that viral moment that we're in this place of of, of George Floyd's tragic death. And, and the world is honestly in disarray in a way that I haven't seen for the 24 years that I've been alive. I was 22 at the time in political disarray and cultural disarray and divide and, and, and anger and just the way that everything was playing out. And then you throw COVID on top of that. It, it was just a time like I've never seen before in my life. I'm sure you know going back for <laughs> a couple more years, you guys have seen some Pretty crazy times, but it, it really just wasn't real. And what I tried my best to do at that time was take a step back and kind of think to myself, what would be the right way for me to respond in this moment, you know, not wanting to jump on somebody else's bandwagon of a narrative or, or what everyone else was saying. How does Jonathan Isaac feel about this? And in doing so, it led to this moment of being the only one to stand because I was able to look into myself and say, I know what I've experienced. I know what is, what is taking place in my life. And I can't look at these situations and think of any better antidote other than the message of the gospel. And so you have this, this, again, this tragic moment and, and, and there's this pressure on the NBA players to kneel for the national anthem and to wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt as a solution, as a, as a symbol to George Floyd's death. And so I, I said to myself, man, my life has been supported. My life has been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the message that I want to stand up and share. And it, it was a tough decision to make given you know everything that was going on at the time. And I knew I'd be singled out. I knew I'd be the only one, but uh, I, I knew that it was right for me. And so I decided to do it. This question will take a little imagination,
1: but if you could think how would your life be different? What would be different for you if you had not made that decision? If you had gone another way and
2: you just thought, "I'm just going to go ahead and follow the crowd"? Oh, wow! It, it'd be very different in the sense that the, what I've experienced over the past two years, you know, just wouldn't have happened. I think my life had been would have been the same, you know, as 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 it was up until that point. And you know, I honestly, for me, it would it would it would more so be like, what would my life be like if I hadn't? encountered christ because that was ultimately the the process and the journey that led me to 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 being able to stand to be able to stand for something and being willing to stand in the first place yeah i I think my life would be drastically different but just taking taking that moment out it would be the same i would just continue to go on and i I wouldn't have had to encounter any of the lows or the 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 highs of, of of what i've had to experience would
1: you say that the decision that you made has that cost you anything
2: I would say yes. I, I would say um, that the, what it's cost me doesn't doesn't pale into comparison of what it's brought me, but it, it definitely has cost me. You know, there was a ton of negativity, obviously, around um, the moment and, and what people had to say and all of those things. And so I may have lost a few fans, but I, I I definitely gained in being able to encourage and inspire people to stand up for what they believe in as well.
1: Increasingly in this day and time, when I think about people that I admire, of course, there's people who I admire their ability or what they do, but more and more, I find that I admire the people who they don't care what anybody else says. They don't care what anybody else does when they know that something is true or when they know that something is right, they do it. What does it feel like to speak the truth? What does it feel like to
2: stand for truth? Well, I, I would say for for me personally, you know not to automatically assume that what i believe is the truth mm-hmm. right that, that there are people out there who have differing opinions but for me what was significant about the moment was that i believed in what i was standing for and i was willing to take the hit for it and mm-hmm. so it was like everyone has these beliefs everyone believes that what they're believing is the truth but most people who believe the mainstream idea they don't have to worry about any type of backlash for believing what they believe in and so there was a there was a sense of of, of of comfortability and saying, you know what, this is what I believe and I'm going to stand on it no matter if I lose my career, I hadn't signed my contract yet, if I'm not in the NBA anymore, no matter what happens, I know what I'm doing is true for me and right for me. And there's a higher purpose in all of this that I can see past my own well-being. And so I would say that that was the thing that that kind of marked the the impact of the of, of the moment, not just saying, you know what, I'm I'm standing on the truth, and I I know everything that I say is true, but just saying, you know what, to most people, I'm going to be wrong. To most people, they're not going to agree with me, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I care about standing on what what I believe in the same way that people stand up for what they believe in, and I'm not going to allow myself to be you know pushed into a corner or have to go along with somebody else's narrative if I don't want to.
1: Do you agree or disagree that we're living in a time where it seems like you know, it, for the longest time it was, and I remember my parents always telling me, look, just because you disagree with somebody, that doesn't mean you you have to be an enemy of that person. Mm. But it seems like we live in a time in which we're all expected to kind of believe the same things and everyone is just supposed to go along. Do you
2: agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say a, a point to that is, is. It, it's, it's getting to a place where you said, you said it just now. And I just, t- just taking it a bit further where it's like someone's, someone's ideas or somebody's philosophy or the way that they go about their lives. They're not seen as, 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 as individuals or them just having a different opinion than you opinions and, 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 and morals and all that stuff are being painted as evil. And so right. if I, if I hold to a, a, a in myself, a Christian you know, Judeo-Christian ethic or, or morality, or I follow Jesus, I'm seen as somebody on the outside, or I'm seen as somebody who, who is living in, 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 the, in the 50s or something like that. I'm not seen as just a, a, a differing person with a different ideology and perspective. And so um, there's so many people give it the political landscape, who's on the right, who's on the left, where um, you're painted as something just for your beliefs and, 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 and judged on that one moment. And so, um, yeah, I I think it I think it sucks. I think it's it's not doing any good for our society. And then even even more so the idea that, you know, someone has to be tolerant of your opinions and your feelings and what you think. But you don't have to be tolerant of theirs. And I think that's something that's going on, um, you know, very much so as well.
1: Very eloquently put. But why do you think that is? Why do you think that this you use the word individual? And I think that's a good word to use. The idea of an individual's opinion. The idea of okay, maybe the one person in the room who disagrees is actually the person who's right. Why do you think that's being
2: undermined? I, I, I think I think it's several reasons. I, I think first off, you know, just the, the pursuit of power, the pursuit of 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 wanting things to go your way. It's it's so easy, human nature, to to downplay someone else's opinion, to strawman someone else's opinion for the advancement of your own power. I, I think that I think that it's 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 just the times that we're living in. I, I I think that as the world continues to get darker and darker, and sides begin to to split, and and people go into their own tribal uh, factions, it's just something that's going to continue to happen. And it's 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 unfortunate. And I just I just feel like uh, uh what what needs to change, or some of the things that need to change in our country, are, are heart issues, and hearts need to be changed. And that's part of the reason why I decided to stand up and say what I said. Hmm,
1: heart issues. So the, you use that word, I think, tribalism. What do you think we can do about that?
2: <laughs> I, I think. Million yeah, dollar question. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you do about it? And I, I think you just continue to push and, and stand for truth. And, and one of the things that, that I wanted to harp on and say so much during the, the times that I did that was that we all fall short of God's glory. That was, that was the, the ethic that I wanted to push where, where both sides are ready to stone each other. And one side feels they have the moral high ground because of what happened to George Floyd, but everyone being able to take a step back and humble themselves and saying, you know what? I do just as much wrong as the next guy. And it wasn't for the grace of God. If it wasn't for Christ and I wouldn't be here or I'd be found out for the things that I did. You know, it's so easy to point fingers at somebody or to judge a situation when you can see it. But when you're on the receiving end of that, when someone sees your shortcomings and your faults, you know, how would you want to be handled in that situation? And so, um, that, that's, that's what I wanted to, uh, to hopefully pierce through the anger, pierce through the divisiveness, but it not, it doesn't it doesn't always work. And so you have to continue to just try to, try to meet people where they're at and, what I try my best to do is not come off as abrasive, not come off as I'm I'm demeaning you for having your opinion, but let's sit at the table and talk about it. And, and and I hear from you when you hear from me. And I think that's also, you know, back to your question about why things are going the way they are right now. Part of it is because being able to contend with somebody's real ideas, it humanizes them. Mm. And so to actually sit down and have a conversation or actually read somebody's book about the way that they think, it humanizes them where, when you could just pinpoint something that you saw them do, something that you saw them say and judge that one moment as their entire self, it's so easy to shoot that person down as evil or not somebody to listen to. But when you have to do something like this and contend with another person's ideas, you know, a lot of people would change their rhetoric, they would change their tone that they're used to speaking with on social media. And so Mm. I think part, part of the reason why Everyone is being lumped up into a group, and 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 individuals for their individual thought, or even these ideas that other people have that di- that differ from the mainstream aren't taking seriously. Is because when you do take them seriously and you do contend with them, there seem to be much more nuanced um, than black and white as people would hope them to be.
1: Hmm. Very well put. I was reading the last chapter of the book. I was reading it down by the pool, and I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem admitting this. I had never met you or talked to you before that. But when I got to the the end of the book, I felt this incredible pride or or proudness for a person I'd never met. (laughs) And I'm sitting there, a hot, hot day, and I had tears in my eyes. And I think a lot of people out there, you know, if you're out there and you think, well, I'm not a basketball fan, this is a really great human story why I stand. And I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about what the reaction has been from some of the people that you've heard, some of the people that you've heard from that have read the book.
2: Man, it's 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 been honestly it's been overwhelming, hmm. and 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 part of the, I love what you said about it being a human story again, humanizing the moment because you know when it, when it first. When it first happened, you know everyone is so quick to judge. Everyone is so quick to to have their opinion. But when you can read something and take a step back and be like, "Man, I can see how this guy got to his decision. I can see the experiences in his life that led him to do it." So yeah, but it, it's been overwhelming to hear people talk about. Even even you say, you know, tears in your eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, that you, you're you're lying. But uh, no, I, I know that no. you, I know that you're telling the truth. But you know, many people have been encouraged by it. Many people have been emboldened to stand up for what they believe in, but to do it in a manner of love, to do it in a manner of wanting to win the other side and not cast the other side into hell. Or, or, or away. And so I just try my best to be authentic with it. I'm so grateful for the people that I have in my life that were able to share and shape a lot of these experiences that are listed in the book. And I'm just glad that people are really enjoying it. And, and, and what I want more than anything, honestly, it's not for book sales. It's not for anything like that, but for more and more people to be able to, to read the story, more and more young adults, more and more kids, because it's a human story, like you said, and, and things that we all struggle with. And, and I've seen that developing a relationship with Christ. Putting him first in my life has made the difference in my life. And it's it's something that I that I that I don't see myself going back on by the grace of God. But I just I, I just continue to try my best to live that way and, and it's worked out. Something that I get
1: an email about this probably every other week, but I hear a lot of people who are political people and they say this. And I want to get your take on it. Not that you're a political person per se, but people will say to me on email, they'll say, you know, I have this certain idea or I I believe this certain thing, but I find myself, I want to get in the conversation, Mm. either face-to-face or on social media, but there's some kind of fear. There's something that's holding them back. And I felt that same fear, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I should say this, even though I knew deep inside that I should. Right. What does that person do? When they feel like they want to stand, as the book title says, but there's something holding them back.
2: I, I think two parts. I, I think for me, part of what gave me the courage and the peace to do it was that I knew that I wasn't standing on, you know, my own philosophy. I knew I, that I wasn't standing on just Jonathan Isaac's feelings or his ideas I knew that I was standing and I know this may sound cliche, but I knew that I was standing on the word of God. I, I knew that I knew for myself the more that I was able to see my own shortcomings, the more that I was able to see my own sin was the more that I could identify and 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 humanize with people who, who are are doing wrong as well or going through the same thing as well. And so um, the Bible says that as you forgive, you will be forgiven. And the same measure of grace that you measured to someone else is the measure that'll be measured back to you. And so that, that's part of the thing where I said, you know what? I, I, I know that I'm standing on something that's true for me and, and I'm going to, and, and, and if anything happens to me, I, I stood on it. And one of the things that, uh, my pastor told me, I know you read the book, so you, you know the story of the night before. He said that you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And so that was again a part of that confidence and it Was like, you know, I'm, I know I'm standing for God, and and God has to stand for me in the same way. So that's one thing. And and then honestly, you you just have to do it. And 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 for me, again, you read in the book that there were so many of these little moments of courage that led to this big moment of courage. It was it wasn't that I just found the courage one day, you know, with with the Michael Jordan special drink and. Uh, <laughs> And, and found this courage it, w- it was these baby steps of you know the time i spoke to my teammate in, in in this hotel room the time i got behind the pulpit and preached for the first time all of these different moments where i was like i can trust god um and god is going to come through for me gave me the, the peace and the confidence to do it and so i say i would just say take that step take that leap you don't don't look for validation and 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 that's one of the things that that's so hard to do in a situation like that where, you know, you 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 say something to somebody and you expect them to agree agree or you're wanting people to agree with you, but just just because it's your thoughts, just because it's your idea, share them, you know, to heck what anybody else thinks and 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 keep it moving.
1: Has there been a reaction or a compliment that you've gotten about the book that has really affected you the most?
2: I got a message. I got a message from a friend. That her thirteen-year-old daughter wrote about me and the book and everything for her leadership class, and it wasn't something that my friend had, you know, pushed onto her daughter or anything like that. It's 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 a work colleague, and um, that w- that was something that that definitely touched me. And so the the little girl was saying, you know, Jonathan Isaac is a leader because he doesn't care about what anybody else thinks and he stands on the word of God and all this stuff. This little thirteen-year-old, you know, and and again, just in a world where there's so many people feel they have the right to push their ideas and to have their ideas pushed and their philosophy pushed, but to quiet other people's ideas and philosophies. You have this 13-year-old girl who, who not, not even just for the sake of agreeing with me, but who who believes the same thing that I believe and is willing to put her idea out there, is willing to write about something in her class that she, that she feels inspired and encouraged by. It, it was something that definitely touched in and, and even inspired me to continue to keep going.
1: What is the best thing about
2: being Jonathan Isaac? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the 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 I mean I'm I'm not anything special man I, honestly the, the best thing about being me is that I again that I, I've come to experience and know and have a relationship with Christ and and, and have seen how that has changed and transformed my life and I, I see myself getting better and it's still a process. I still have ups. I still have downs. There's still times when I don't trust God, when I know that I should, but, but he is, he, he's, he, he's the best thing about me. He's brought the, the, the joy and the peace and the comfort in, into my life. You know, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And so when one verse in the Bible, it says that God is no respecter of persons. And if he did it for one, he could do it for another. And so I don't, I don't want people to look at me or idolize me for the things that I've done. I want, I want them to to, to follow suit and put their trust in Christ and, and and we'll see each other in eternity.
1: Wow. Well, in closing, again, folks, you need to go to the bookstore, Why I Stand, or get it on amazon.com. And, you know, also there's a, a weekly show that you do, The Judah Nation. People can check that out. And yes, that's jgntv.org where they can, yes, they can check that out. And I always like to just leave it open-ended. I'll give you the last word. We just never know who's watching
2: or listening. To anybody who's tuned in with us, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say one of the things that that, that always intrigues me, you know, and and even talking about how people compliment the book is that they, they say all the time, listening to me today or something like that, they'll say, I would have never imagined that someone like you or on the platform that you have... Could struggle with the things that you struggle with. And one of the things that I always say to them is that all that does for me when I hear that is, 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 is show the evidence in what a relationship with Christ can do. And so it's like a, a part of the reason why I wrote the book was when people ask me, why did you decide to stand? And I'm, I give them the book. I, that's that's what I wrote about. I decided to stand because I'm not just saying that Jesus is the answer for the world because He is. I'm saying that He's the answer for the world because He's been the answer for me. And the book is how you can see how you know having a relationship with Christ and and the right people in my life, the people who love me for me, um, has transformed me. How the unconditional love of Christ has transformed me, and how love can be a weapon that you can use in your life to see change. And so um, I, I would just encourage people to to, to to dive in. One of the verses in the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so it's something that you have to try. It's something that you have to inquire about. And and, and I promise you won't be disappointed.
1: Well, Mr. Isaac, thank you so much for spending time with all of us. It's been a great pleasure. And I can't wait for the next book.
2: Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you so much. I appreciate it, man. It was great. All talking. right. God bless. Yes, sir.
1: Thank you
0: for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primorano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primorano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie, and we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.